Well, good morning, everybody. I hope you had a great weekend and enjoyed worshiping Jesus with us Sunday. If you were not able to attend worship, will you go to our uh, website or our YouTube channel and watch the service from this past Sunday and and, uh, just let the Lord speak into your life? While you're opening your Bible to James chapter 1, as we begin reading the book of James this week, uh, I just want to encourage you to be praying right now for God to give you opportunities today and every day this week to invite someone to worship with you next Sunday, this coming Sunday here at First Baptist. Pray for God to give you opportunities to talk to people and that God gives you the courage to speak when those opportunities come to see them and to speak. Now, as I mentioned, this week we are beginning to read the book of James. And uh, just... just uh, well, let's look at verse 1, then I want to tell you who James is. It says, James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes who are dispersed abroad, greetings. So this book is written by James, the brother, technically the half-brother of Jesus, um, who became a believer after the resurrection of Jesus and apparently became the pastor, the leader, if you will, of the church in Jerusalem at some point. We don't know exactly when. At some point after King Herod had executed by beheading James, the disciple of Jesus, who probably was the first leader of the church in Jerusalem. And then at some point later, James, the brother of Jesus, became the pastor, if you will, of the church there in Jerusalem. And he, and he writes this letter, and it says at the end of verse 1, to the 12 tribes who are dispersed abroad. And he's not writing this to Jews at large. He's writing this to Christians, to believers who were Jewish. So in other words, Messianic Jews. These were Jews who had accepted Jesus as the Messiah, had become believers, and they were scattered, meaning they weren't living just in Jerusalem. So it's like the pastor of this church that was made up predominantly of Jewish uh, Jewish believers in Jesus in Jerusalem. is writing this letter to other believers who are also Jews, but they now believe Jesus is the Messiah, Messianic Jews, living outside of Jerusalem and Ju- uh, Ju- uh, Judea, if you will. So he writes this letter. And, and it reads a little differently than, say, Paul's letters because Paul talks so much about justification by faith and faith alone and, and to the people of Jewish background, if they misunderstood Paul, they could think he is, is saying the law doesn't matter at all. Just live however you want. Grace is all there is. You know, like some people even today will say, you all believe you can be saved and then live however you want because you believe in once saved, always saved. Not understanding, like we talked about Friday, that when you love God, you obey him because you want to. It's not a burden. It's a joy. Well, James is writing to these believers of Jewish background, and he's saying to them in this letter, it's by faith, but he says, your works, as you obey the law, as you do good, as you serve God, as you live righteously, your works do not save you, but they demonstrate that you have been saved. They are the evidence of, the proof of, if you will, the visible the visible mark of someone who is truly saved. So that's what James is addressing. As Paul preaching and starting all of these Gentile churches, uh, created questions for these people from a, a different culture than the Gentiles, from a Jewish culture. And so James is answering their specific questions. So I just wanted to give you that, that context. Now, there is so much in this chapter. Uh, if I were to preach on Sundays every verse of this chapter, we would be here for several weeks. What I want to do is just share with you a couple of things real quickly as I wrap this up. 
um, and maybe just one because of time. What spoke to me is, is in verses 2 through 4 and then a later verse. And, and the way I wrote it in my journal is that maturity only comes from not quitting. Uh, last week in one of the devotions I said that love only matures and becomes complete in the context of the give and take of relationships. Well, in James, one of the things we learned is that spiritual maturity only comes to those who don't quit. Look at verses 2 and following. He says, consider it all joy. In the Greek, it's count it forward as joy. In other words, look ahead, and as you look ahead, you see what the result is going to be. And because of that, you're able in the present moment to count it joy. It doesn't mean you enjoy what is happening right now, but you see what's going to come, and therefore you count it as joy. It's like um, uh, you go to the gym and you work out, and sometimes you get a little sore, but you know the benefit of it, et cetera, et cetera. So consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. Knowing that, it's not the trial that is the joy, but you count forward, you look forward. Knowing that. The testing of your faith, knowing that when you go through trials and the testing of your faith, if you respond to it the right way, produces endurance, okay? You don't learn to endure unless you stick with it through the challenges. If you quit, you never learn how to endure. And then he goes on. In verse 4, and says, let endurance, okay? So through trials, you have the opportunity to learn how to endure. Once you learn how to endure, he says in verse 4, it does something. Let endurance have its perfect or complete result or, or outcome, accomplishment, work in your life so that you may be perfect, mature, and complete, lacking, and nothing. Now, look at that. What he's saying is you never learn how to endure without sticking with it through hard times. Once you learn how to endure, then there is the opportunity for you to mature, for you to develop, to become perfect, which is that word we talked about last week, mature, complete, lacking nothing. In other words, you never mature if you quit. You only mature once you learn how to stick with it, to endure. Um, it's, it's similar to what we were saying last week about love. If you quit when love gets hard, your love will never mature. If you run from church to church because somebody hurts your feeling, your love will never mature. If you don't learn to endure and work through and overcome, to endure, to stick it out, you never mature in life, you'd never grow up. That's true in your spiritual life, in love, in relationships. Uh, parents, letting your kids endure the consequences of their mistakes. Stop rescuing them all the time. Letting them endure and figure out how to overcome conflict with their friends because if you don't, they won't learn how to do it in marriage or at work when they're adults. The Bible, in addition to being very spiritual, is a very practical book. Why? Because it's God's truth. 
God's truth is not just spiritual. It is practical. Listen to it. Or like we saw in one of the passages last week in 1 John, you can be like the culture and just not listen to God. And the person who will pay for it is you. Listen to God. He created you. He knows how you work. And he knows what you need. Well, I'm going, I'm going to stop there for today. And uh, look forward to being with you tomorrow as we look at uh, James chapter 2. And remember, pray right now for God to give you an opportunity to invite someone to church this Sunday. And pray that God gives you the courage to speak up and invite them. Hey, God bless you, and I'll see you tomorrow.